Yo, 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 what up, world? We are back again. That's right, with another episode. This is the Class in Session podcast. That's right, presented by YB Normal. I am your host, Logan Taylor, my co-host, my brother, my partner in crime, Mr. Dante Hampton. And Dante, you mind introducing our special guest? Yes, yes, yes. We have a very special guest with us today, you guys. Um, She's from Yonkers, New York. So I'm assuming she's a big Jets, Yankees. Yankees. Okay, <laughs> Yankees fan. Um, but by the way, um, right now she's currently um, teaching in the Victor Valley District and it's Dr. Hasos. Hasso, yeah. Hasos, yes. Um, she's currently an English teacher and she has her master's and she has several degrees. Can you just give our audience a little bit more about yourself? and just let the audience know how you got into education. Yeah, um, so I, uh, I, I got a bachelor's degree in English um, and I wasn't sure what direction I was gonna go. Was it law school, teaching or whatnot? I decided teaching, got my credential um, and uh, you know, started teaching high school with Victor Valley Union High School District um, and, and then I got a master's in special education uh, from Cal Poly Pomona. That's where I got my bachelor's. And then I got my uh, content literacy um, uh, degree master's from Michigan State. And I got an educational leadership master's from Cal State Northridge. And then I did a PhD in educational leadership from Concordia University in Chicago. Um, they were all online. The 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 masters and the PhD were virtual, but they were excellent programs. Um, and and then I just started to become more more and more curious. I work with Adelanto High School, where we have very we have a very culturally diverse group of students. Um, you know, m- mostly Latino and you know African American. Um, and you know, just being in the classroom, I just became more and more curious about like what the issues were and how to resolve those. Um, you know, using good, good strategies that I explored. Um, Just a little bit more about me. So I, uh, I do have college teaching experience as well. Um, I mainly, my research is English learners and, you know, different other cultures as well. Uh, I earned a awards. I earned a book award from Cal Poly Pomona where I taught for a little bit for a little while. Um, but you know, that, that's basically it. And now I just continue to do my research and publish and just try to figure out, you know, solutions to problems in the classroom that I encounter because sometimes PDs are not as effective as, uh, as people say they should be. So so just to just to let the people know, Doctor Hassel, you a big dog around here. Uh, I'm a big dog. Where? I said you a big dog around here. Let them know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. A, I'm. You know. I. I. I think of myself that way. You know. <laughs> but uh, I'm a little more humble than that. But. But yeah. I. I think. Uh, I think there are things that, you know, definitely like I. I do in my classroom that that work. You know. And, and it could be something as simple as just building a rapport with students, you know, building a connection with them. I mean, that is the first barrier, you know, with dealing with students. And then, and then you have the other barriers, you know, the, the, the learning barriers, you know, that I try to, you know, help them with. Um, and sometimes it's just, you know, giving them different options. You know, this is one, one avenue. This is a different avenue you can take to, to get this done. And the, a light does, you know, spark in them. Um, you know, I have one student that was, uh, that this past semester was failing my class. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kept kind of poking and prodding. I'm like, okay, what's, you know, he knows that, you know, I'm, I'm here for him. And uh, he finally started, you know, to, you know, to, to get his work in. And he went up from an F to a, a B plus. And I tell them, you know, I ask them, what are their expectations from me? 
uh, from at the beginning of the semester, you know, throughout the semester, I want to know what they want out of me. And I think that helps a lot um, because then you're not, you know, just teaching them the curriculum. You're actually focusing the curriculum on what they want and uh, they end up succeeding and thriving in that way. Um, and uh, it was like multilingual learners, which we have all over the world, all over the country, you know, it's as simple as, you know, translating documents, you know, translating curriculum so that they can, you know, read, read the curriculum in their home language um, and then allowing them to submit work in their home language. Um, and also just making sure that you're, you're giving them, you're giving them uh, lessons and, and work that is based off of their interests Sometimes that's not as easy as, you know, as, you know, I know how it is with teaching. You have a curriculum that's district certified um, and you have to do it. But there are ways you can deliver the curriculum where it's geared around their interests, their their level of knowledge, their interests mm-hmm. and what they already know. Right. Because mm-hmm. we don't want to teach them things that they already know, which is you know where a lot of issues come out. Right, right, right. Absolutely. I love that. But yeah, like I said, you've accomplished a lot. And I think that that's amazing with everything that you accomplished. So I'm like, yo, let the people like talk your stuff. Right. Because you you the big dog. You got the Ph.D. You the doctor. Right. Like when they when they come to you, they like, hey, Dr. Hasso. And that means a lot. Right. And so um, I just want to say, you know, that's amazing and that's phenomenal. And I really appreciate the work uh, that you're doing. Um, in California, right, and being able to impact those scholars um, of that nature and stuff. Dante, come on, hop in, man. Let's let's get into these questions. All right. So, uh, I just I'm just curious. How did you even come about as far as being? Did you always know you wanted to be an English teacher, or I just, did. or in that aspect? Yes, I did. Uh, in my high school, and I came from a you know. I came from a pretty, you know, a high-end high school, um, not private, but public, but close to being private. I mean, um, and I just remember always my my English class, all the students were quiet. I'm like, this is easy. This is, students are quiet. They're doing their work. This is easy. I can do this. Um, and, uh, and so that's why I wanted to do it. Um, and... Then I started looking for jobs and learned that this is not what I was, what I came from is not the real world, not like in rural areas like Adelanto High School is a very, you know, culturally diverse rural, the literacy, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, the literacy levels are not as high as like my, where I came from. And so it was a, it was a culture shock. Um, and then I, I knew that I was in it and I was in the kids, you know, it really appreciated like the, the things that I was doing to help them and support them. And that felt good. And so I'm like, this is it. This is where I want to be. Um, and, uh, you know, it could have been as something as simple as, you know, they needed paper, they needed pencils. Um, they need, they needed things that weren't given to them and that's why they were failing. And so I was doing that. And, um, and, and that's so, but then there were other things like learning issues and that I was about. And, and then I just started, you know, doing a lot of research and publishing and getting myself out there and helping other people. I present at conferences all over the country. Um, so I'm hopefully doing another one in Ohio, but, um, you know, just, just helping people from teaching at a, at a, at a continuation high school to, you know, regular uh, high school. And, and in, in many cases, um, it's, it's that rapport, you know, just sort of connecting with the student. And at least even if they have learning issues, they're willing to try, they're willing to give you that extra effort, uh, to do well. Um, and then just giving them options, giving them several options, reading options, um, and then just, you know, basically giving them time to, to, to be themselves in the classroom and, and try not to be so, you know, standoffish with them. Um, but, but that's, that's in a nutshell what it's all about. So I'm doing a, I'm doing a, 
I'm doing another book that's in press with Roman and Littlefield. Shout out to Roman and Littlefield. Um, but uh, they are a great publishing company. But they're, uh, it's about movement because kids like to move. And so like how to use movement in the classroom so that they're not always sitting and learn, like moving around while they're learning, you know, whether it's vocabulary, um, putting vocabulary words on the all over the walls and letting them just walk around and look at the words, look at pictures associated with the words or having them find pictures, you know, online, you know, with their phones that are associated with the words because they love their phones. Right. That's just something that we you know, have to deal with um, on a constant basis. So. Awesome. Awesome. That's I, re I really like um, what you said about that as far as entering the real world. Um, because myself, I went to a diverse school as well. Um, they called it a Padea school at the time, which is more so focused on seminars and expressing yourself through maybe be a painting, maybe be a topic and expressing yourself. How did it make you feel? What did you think about it compared to somebody who's not from where you come from? So I think that's unique. Um, but I will say with the change of you going from New York to California, what, what do you think was one of your biggest struggles um, as a teacher um, in that aspect? Or I just, being a, just being a, a fairly new teacher, what, what are some of the struggles that people might not know about someone who's an English teacher? Um, I think, uh, again, the, the phones, the students being on the phone, more engaged with their phone than with the, the teacher and the work. Um, so, I mean, in New York, where I came from, they have a very good public school system. So I came from an excellent school system. And then I came, we came to California, which is sort of, I call it like the sleepy state. Like they're, they're not very, you know, they, they try, they try to keep up, but there's not a lot of keeping up with current strategies and so forth. So I felt like, I felt a little lost coming here. Um, I just remember always being engaged when I was in school at Yonkers in elementary school. Um, as a teacher, I think that the biggest issue right now is literacy. Students not able to read, you know, at very high levels. You know, there's a lot of research out there that, you know, basically the whole country that students are not able to read beyond fourth, fifth, you know, sixth grade. Um, and so just trying to get them beyond that um, and with you know, finding material for them that is of interest to them. I have a lot of African-American students. When I give them lessons on poetry that, you know, have to do with Langston Hughes or anything related to their culture, they eat it, they feed into it. But if I give them stuff that's, you know, not relatable, then they won't, you know, it's, they can probably do it maybe, but they won't be as interested. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, there, there are always, I, I think also, you know, the believing in them, the, the believing in them and the motivating them is the key. I'm a very motivational person. I've had students in my past say, you know, you should be a motivational speaker. Um, and, and it does, it, it is difficult sometimes to, to bring that out, um, at when I'm in the classroom, but when I'm home and I'm working online, because they work with Google Classroom, I can post things and I do things. I can give them videos that sort of help them remember, you know, this is your path. This is where you're going. Um, you know, and there is a you have a you have we have goals for you. You know, I have a goal for you. I want you to succeed. I want you to go to college. I want you to have options. Uh, you know, I tell them I'm not that that type of person where, you know, I think that they, they're pigeonholed, you know, sometimes people like to pigeonhole, um, not, you know, just generally speaking. Uh, and I, I tell them, I'm not, I'm not that. If I see a talent in you, you know, I will bring that out of you, you know, whether it's makeup or something. And, you know, I'll try to encourage them. You can go to school, you know, four year college and do something with that, you know, work for Hollywood, work for, um, you know, work for anything you're interested in. If you're interested in is cars, you can be an engineer. I taught uh, Cal Poly Pomona in their engineering department. I'm not an engineer, but I taught in their technical writing department or in that, that class. So I was teaching engineers how to write, how to present, you know, information, because that's what they have to do most of the time. So, um, 
you know, I tell the, the kids that like cars and auto, which is a huge thing in school, um, they love it. Um, I tell them, if you have this passion, you know, okay, be a mechanic. That's great. We need mechanics, good mechanics. Um, but I also kind of put in, you know, we need people that, you know, also know how to read and write to be a good mechanic. You need those skills. Um, and then I always push them. I'm like, well, if you want to make this a real thing, you can go to be an engineer, build cars, you know, make lots of money. So I, I take all of that, their whatever's that they're sort of interested in, phones, technology, TikTok, whatever. If you're if you're if this is your passion, then then do something with it. Don't just do a TikTok video with it. You know, go out there, be a professional about it, you know, and make a lot of money and have a family, have a home, have, you know, be something different than what people uh, pigeonhole you to be. So. Oh, Logan, get on in here. I like everything you're saying, Dr. Hesso. I like everything you were saying. Um, so I, I heard you talk about going from New York City to California, and you said that the vast differences, right, in regards to the education system. And um, I just think that, you know, I think that that's, I think that that's, you know, a challenge, not just going from, you know, one state to the other, but I just think that, you know, education in itself is a challenge, right? Um, just trying to innovate and help scholars, you know, uh, progress forward and different things like that. Because if it's one thing that I, that I've known with research, right, has shown is that, education hasn't evolved. Everything else has evolved. Everything has innovated in different things like that, right? Um, I want us to talk about what what are some ways at your school, at your district, um, that you all are doing some innovative things to help advance the scholars? Uh, we are, uh, right now, like our district is, you know, giving students rewards, a lot of rewards to help them stay motivated. Um, you know, we give them, you know, carnivals and, and ice cream and socials and, and whatnot if they get good grades, um, if they do well in class. I reward my students, you know, we, we have what's called BAR, where, where the kids, if they're in BAR, which is a, a sort of a program for kids that are struggling, maybe they're having you know, emotional, mental, you know, issues. If they, they, these are a group of teachers and leaders that, you know, sort of work with these kids. And then they, they you know, they have parties for them if, if they're making progress. Um, I think, I think we, we, our district has, has a challenge because, you know, we have kids from, you know, whatever different types of places, different homes. And, uh, you know, they're dealing with a lot of that stuff. They're dealing with a lot of home home stuff that um, we may not be aware of. Um, but we do try to, you know, the mental health stuff. We, we have school psychologists there. We have, so we have people, you know, working with kids um, with all of these different issues. And I think that helps a lot with, you know, helping students make progress academically. Um, we have a curriculum that is very, very high. Um, that we all, the district agreed on. It's very, very, it's a very academic curriculum, meaning that the vocabulary in there is very high. Um, but I think it's good because it's exposing these kids to everything, you know, that is helpful in terms of the academic success. Uh, so, and then there's a lot of like hands-on stuff that we do with kids. You know, one of the students was telling me their biology teacher helped them make soap you know, mm -hmm. you know, chemistry. Um, and, and then I have them, you know, write essays and, you know, make sure that they're everything, you know, my standards are very high and they know that, mm -hmm. um, that they have to have academic vocabulary in there. They have to have SAT words in there. They have to, they have to prepare an essay that is, that is going to look good for a community college or a four-year university. Mm -hmm. And, and they really do you know, as much as we think kids don't want to do these things or they're not interested, they do want to learn how to write better, learn how to have a bigger vocabulary. That 
when I asked them at the end and at the beginning, like all along my semester, you know, what do you want? What am I doing right for you? What am I doing wrong for you? You know, I want feedback for me. That way I can, you know, focus on the good things and sort of work on the things I need to stop doing. Um, but they, they, they want to sort of be better, be smarter, do better, and, and so forth. Um, and I think our curriculum helps with, with that. So. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. What would be, let's see, um, what would be or what has been? Yeah, let's do it that way because we're going to I want to do past tense. What has been your biggest struggle uh, with with your journey in education and being an English teacher um, and different things like that? What has been your biggest struggle that you've um, that you've been through? Um, and, you know, of course, we know you've overcame it because you you got the Ph.D. So um, but what has been your biggest struggle for somebody that's starting out with wanting to be an English teacher or do ELA or different things like that? Uh, I think understanding the backstories of students, because I, I was I grew up, you know, I grew up with my my parents were very, you know, strict and whatnot. And education was number one in our household. Um, and, you know, that was it. You know, my parents saved all our report cards and, you know, were proud of us and gave us rewards. And, and so, um, you know, we, we, I was fed every day. I was loved every day. I, I, I think understanding that part of it with a lot of students um, has been the biggest challenge, but um, I've also learned over the years, you know, that I sort of have to step back from my upbringing and put myself in their shoes. And that, that was the hardest part because I was raised in a very structured, strict sort of academic education, everything education. My dad supported education. My parents supported education. And, you know, we were always loved and, and taken care of and clothed and all of that housed. And, but I had to, I was always approaching school like that. Like, why aren't you doing this? You, you should have everything, right? You should be able to, you know, do this little, very easy activity. But mm -hmm. then you learn over time, you know, kids are, you know, they come from, you know, they're adopted, they're, you know, they're, uh, you know, they have, or they come from homes and they have other things going on. And so I just have to step back and say, you know, tell me, you know, talk to me, just talk to me, you know, what do you want? What's on your mind? Mm -hmm. um, and I'll be there for you. I'll step in for you. I'll help you. I got your, I tell them I got your back, you know, but you got to try, you got to make that effort. And that's where I made a big shift and, and they'll, they'll notice it. They'll say, you know, oh, Dr. Hasso changed over the summer, you know, or Dr. Hasso changed over the break and you know because I reflect a lot I reflect every day you know like what is the issue and sometimes I don't sleep you know like what can I do to help this kid especially when I'm she's you know she or he is a good kid they're respectful they're nice but they're not getting their work in what can I do you know and then and sometimes they they change within a week uh if I but then sometimes it's 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 a gradual thing and it is something I am very passionate about. Um, and then sometimes kids, they, they think you're too involved. And so that's when it's like, okay, well, I care. But uh, they sometimes have issues with that too. And, you know, so I have to step away. So, you know, I've, I've learned to be more empathetic, uh, more, more understanding, um, more caring, and, and try to continue to push, you know, because I tell them this is it you're, you know, you're going to be here for four years, you know, or you can be a super senior and be here forever. It's up to you how you want to do this. I will give you the path, but you have to sort of give me a little bit, you know, give me a little bit of, give me, give me some, give me an opening here to help you. Um, so I, you have to get through that barrier, you know, right. and it's when they, when they, when they push back, I, I don't push but um, if if they see if they accept my help, then yeah, I I'm all in. Um, and so you know we're a transient district, so we get kids from all over the country coming in. We don't know what background, what wow. experience, 
they've had. Um, we don't get their transcripts until sometimes months uh, until after they um, like, you know, knowing what grades they got in their classes um, in their previous district. We don't get that information for months. Um, and so we don't know what we're what we, you know, at least I don't know where there's what we're starting with. You know, are we starting with someone that is had problems in the other school, you know, emotional problems, whatever academic problems. So I have to take we have to figure it out. I have to figure it out. So um, it is those are, you know, some of the things that I go through every day. Um, and, you know, I really do care about, you know, I, I take pride in, you know, having a kid, I had a kid, you know, he's African-American and he's, he loves football. He, he's a nice kid. Um, and you know, he's, he wrote in his expectations paper, which was due a long time ago, but I accept late work. And he's like, yeah, I'm the first kid in my, in my house to go to college and I am going to go to college. He was failing he was failing my class. I don't know about the other classes, but he turned it like a 2% or whatever to like an 85%. And I think it's just him. It was like, just, you know, he knew I cared poking and prodding. I didn't want to push him. Um, but uh, he, he, he turned it around and, and learning when you hear that, when you hear that you're the first person in your family to go to college and you want to make your parents proud, well, that he gave me a path to continue and so I hope he, you know, we have one more day, but uh, we still, I still have to get semester grades in, but, um, you know, I hope he gets a little bit more work in to get an A and show his parents, you know, look, you know, I want this and I'm doing this for you. You know, it's all about them. It's not about you as a teacher. It's about them for me. So it, it was about me in the beginning, but then, you know, you learn the hard way. You got to step away. It's about them. So. I love it. Oh, I love it. 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 That is amazing. I love it. I think that that's important because as as educators, what I've learned in the education space is that building relationship building relationships with scholars has been one of the Achilles heels, right? Um, in in education, because like you said at the end of your your statement, you said, "Hey." I made it about me in the beginning, but I learned the hard way, right? And I think people, people that especially our, our educators, administrators, superintendent, whoever the case may be, right? Councilman, um, janitor, like whoever is working in the school building, I think it's 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 imperative for them to understand that hey, listen, it's not about you. It's about these babies, right? And so. I want what I want to go and then I'll let Dante um, come in and ask his questions. But I heard you say something about being empathetic, caring, um, and just showing all around that you just care, right? What are some best tools and strategies uh, for people that are struggling to build relationships with scholars, right? Um, I, I want to stay right there for a second, and I just want you to touch on that. What are some strategies or best practices that you use to show the kids that you care, to show the kids, to even show the the people in your school that you're empathetic and, you know what I'm saying, and just different things like that? Can you touch on that? Yes. Um, so, like, we have what's called openers. Uh, so they're supposed to, you know, do warm-ups, like for maybe it could be a vocabulary word, you know, write a definition Google a definition about this word. Sometimes I take a break from just any academics for openers. I just say, how's your day going? You know, what did you do yesterday? And then they'll post it and, you know, or talk to me about it, you know, or, or it could be a closer and then like an exit ticket where I just ask them, you know, what are you going to do for the summer? You know, what are your plans? Do you, you know, are you going to be with your family? Is there anything, you know, interesting you're going to do? And I think that that's helpful, you know, just taking a break from academics, you know, even to, to do, ask them questions. Um, and then, you know, it could be, and every day I always ask them, you know, how are you doing? You know, are you having a good day? You know, because I have to know these things because I'm their teacher. I'm the adult. I'm the one in charge. If they are having a bad day, you know, I leave them alone. If they don't want to work, fine. You know, just leave them alone. Um, 
and and they then they come around and sometimes they just need to be with a friend to talk to and I'll let them have that time with their friend you know to go outside go I have to keep an eye on them obviously if they can do it in the classroom that would be great but sometimes they need privacy so I'll say okay you can sit outside as long as I can keep an eye on you you can talk to your friend you know get off whatever's on your chest and then they'll come back like 10 minutes later a whole new person um, and they're ready to work sometimes they just need someone to dump all their stuff to and sometimes that's me um and 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 that's when the openers and the, the exit tickets uh warm-up sort of activities do that for them just a dumping dumping place um and then sometimes like fridays are usually like kind of freebie days and i'll just kind of like you know just be myself be less you know that less strict and just you know tell them a little bit about myself um and then i just want to know about them you know what are they doing what's on their minds what you know is there something bothering them you know, and you don't want to get too involved because then they're, you know, they, some things are too private, but um, I'll give them options. I'll say, you know, go to a counselor, you know, here's a counselor. If you don't want to talk to me, do you want to talk to a counselor? Do you want to talk to the school psychologist? And then they'll sort of give me whatever options. And then they'll say, they usually like to talk to their friends. So I'll give them that privacy and that time. Um, and it's just to be playful, you know, you know, I like to make jokes. I like to crack jokes. So I'll crack jokes with them and they'll laugh. And I, I enjoy that. I enjoy making them laugh and giving their, you know, I think yesterday with my, with my, uh, my sick period, I was telling them, I said, this is, you know, it's Chuck E. Cheese here. You know, they, they cracked up because, some, you know, we do give them a lot of carnivals and a lot of fun things to do. Um, and uh, they were just laughing at, at, you know, me calling the school, you know, Chuck E. Cheese or whatever, but I was just being silly with them. They were laughing. I got rid of that barrier, that sort of, you know, that whatever it is that they were having. Um, I just think it's it, uh, the most important thing is that you build that rapport. You show them the human side. Um, you show them that you can make mistakes. Uh, I make mistakes all the time. Sometimes I make, you know, I'll post something and I'll edit it for them like work or whatever. And I'll make an editing mistake and I'll fix it right there just to show them, look, you know, I can make mistakes, you know, you can make mistakes, but we can fix these things. Um, and, and also, you know, we, I, I'm, it, my students can stress me out, like, you know, to a point of yelling. And, and so there are days where I can be a little bit too high, strong, and when I feel, when I reflect, I'm feeling like I'm, I was a little bit too much, I'll apologize. You know, I'll apologize to them. I'll say, look, you know, I apologize for being this, this and that. Um, and th they'll be nice and they'll be kind um, and they'll, they'll accept my apology. I think that you just need to show them that you're just like them in some ways, um, that we all have bad days. Um, my dad passed away four years ago and I was trying to hold it in and we uh, I didn't take time off just yet at that time because it just happened and it was I found out in my class. Um, and so I was uh, I was bawling one day. I just bawling and, uh, you know, they all brought tissue to me. They all brought this to me. They all brought, you know, this was a this was one of my roughest classes that year. Um, and it was a senior class and they were, you know, they were very low academically and, and yet, you know, I was strict and this and that. And then I find out and I was just in tears and, and they brought everything to me. And that just shows that if you just kind of, there is, there is a humanity, there is some, they're human, you know, so you just sort of have to tap into that a little bit more in our, in the curriculum, you know, and, and in in, in yourself, you know, um, you have to, you have to show them you're interested in what they already know with the curriculum. And I do that in creative ways. And sometimes I, I just, you know, look, you got to do this, but you know, I do take a break from all that and just, you know, and just say, um, you know, we can have fun with this or we can make this difficult. And I like to have fun. You know, I like to, have fun in the classroom with the academics. So. I love that. I think that's awesome. I love that. So listen, guys, y'all make sure y'all listen, y'all trying to build these, y'all trying to build relationships with your scholars. Listen, Dr. Hasso has gave you all some 
some some tools and some strategies and best practices to be able to do uh, that for this. You know, of course, we know here in Tennessee, the school year has ended um, and they won't start back until August. And so, you know, for other people in other states that may still be in school, you have an opportunity to build some relationships with some scholars. Um, and so I would take the advice on what Dr. Hasso said. That's great, great information um, and great tools, Dr. Hasso. Dante. All right, Dr. Hasso. Um, so our question, this is more of a universal, um, global, because we talk about how the school districts on state to state are not on the same spectrum as they should be. Like nothing's uniform anymore. And that's what me and Logan talk about, how you can go to one state and something be completely different or their value, their literacy or math might be important here. STEM might be important here. Um, if there was one thing you could change throughout the entire country and whether it be testing, whatever it is, if there's one thing you can change to make uniform in every state and city for the education, or let's just say we met the secretary of state and she was like, Hey, doctor, I'm giving you one chance to change something that has to be uniform throughout the country. Uh, what would it be? Increase literacy levels, uh, testing assessments. I wrote a book on assessments because um, we, you know, we have a lot of kids coming from different countries all over the world coming here, giving students uh, tests in their home language um, and allowing them to, to take tests uh, through their home language. And, and also making sure that we, like I said, you know, we're, it's not about us. It's not about the teachers. It's about the students stepping away from ourselves and, and getting into the shoes of our students and, and educating them through their eyes um, and through their perspectives. Um, and uh, just, you know, trying every day and making this, you know, trying our best to increase literacy levels. That's where we're having a real problem here. Um, reading books, like giving them different books to read, giving them everything to read. Don't ban things um, that, that, I mean, you know, books being banned is, you know, is fine, but what we're really doing is hiding the truth. Inevitably, they're going to have access to all of those things. Um, whether it's in college or whatnot, because I've taught college, I've taught English at the college level, at, at community college, and there is no banning. I give them whatever I want to teach them. It's up to me. Um, and and that's where they can kind of get a little bit more of you know what's going on in the world and the, the truth. Um, and just making everything accessible. I think that would be the biggest universal thing, making information accessible, making reading accessible, making learning accessible um, and not, you know, making them feel welcomed, I think, in the, making making your students feel welcomed in the school and in the classroom. Those are gonna help a lot. Um, that's, 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 that's pretty, I don't think we heard that before, um, as far as raising literacy levels. Um, it's crazy you say that because um, I'm a high school basketball coach and I tell a lot of my kids, it's crazy how everybody goes crazy over ACT and SAT. But the biggest thing that I learned in high school and in middle school was reading and comprehension. Like I, I tell people all the time, I tell parents that like, I don't care about math. Yeah, you need to learn the basics. I said, but as a parent, as long as your child's able to read and comprehend, they will literally fly about through every grade because that's what most of it is. I said, now you might have your chemistry, you know, biology, geometry, but for the most part, if your child can read and comprehend, they can understand 75% of everything that's that's given to them. Um, so I think that's um, pretty cool that you said that as far as um, the literacy. Um, can you just tell us a little bit more about your, uh, about your business um, as far as um, what you're doing with your books and the, um, things of nature. Oh yeah. Um, but one thing I wanted to touch on, like we, we yes, have like our, our high school is very like our student, like they, the students are love basketball and, you know, and, uh, we had 
we had a student that was NCAA eligible, but he 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 was struggling, you know, with the with the work. Um, but his parents were like, he's he's going to the pros, and he did. I'm not going to mention his name because he's pretty popular, but um, he he's at a university and he's playing basketball. But he talks about like how he struggled in high school. Like if he he talks about, I, I kind of follow him because he was one of my students, but. Um, he, that, that he needed to change. He needed to fix his, the education part, his grades, his, all of that. So while we were encouraging him to sort of be the best basketball player, we forgot, you know, his, he missed that other part. And I think most schools need to remember that, that we have talented athletes, but without the academics, they're not, the colleges are not going to take them you know, what are we doing here? You know? So he talks about that in interviews as he's, you know, he'll, he'll be in the pros. He's working, he's playing for, a, he's like one of the best basketball players in the high desert. Um, but he, uh, he talks about that a lot. Um, in terms of my business, I, my books, um, I have uh, three books that are, that have been published with Roman and Littlefield. One is called Understanding and Improving How K-12 Multilinguals Are Taught supporting multilinguals. One is research-based bilingual instruction, the impact of multiple modalities in a K-12 English learner classroom. And then my first one was my PhD dissertation turned into a book called The Struggles of Minority English Learners, How Learner Feedback Can Improve English Skills. Basically, just how their feedback can help, because that's essentially what we, we need. I Feedback from them. We, we can't make progress if they don't tell us what, we, what they need. Um, and then I have right. another one. Go ahead. I was saying, right. I agree with you. I agree. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much. So um, no, keep going. Trust me. Like at the end of the day, this is about you. This is about, um, helping expand the knowledge for teachers, future teachers, um, anybody in the education field. So right now, what you're doing is you're dropping gems for everyone, including us. I know we're speakers We're we help in teacher PD professional development but it's also important for us to learn as much as possible as well. Thank you. Um, in press right now with Roman and Littlefield is successful research-based somatic and linguistic instructional strategies and modifications for multilingual K-12 and adult learners. Um, one thing I, I do, I do want to sort of explore like, you know, kids from South Africa or like that, the African language, that's something I'm sort of curious about because it is a hot topic that um, people are, you know, they want to know more about because we do, you know, get students from all over the world coming into our school systems and teachers are not sure what to do. Um, and so, and, and that's basically it. I'm, I, I publish, um, I still teach at the high school level. Uh, I try to uh, public speak everywhere. Um, I just did a conference and a huge English conference uh, probably some of your English teachers attended this one, but it was for the National Council of Teachers of English. It was in Anaheim, it was huge. Um, and so I just try to keep keep speaking at these conferences and keep getting my message out um, and try to help people as much as I can. Awesome, awesome. Um, Lo, you wanna take a quick break uh, before we get to that last little question? Um, let our subscribers know where they can subscribe and do things of that nature. Absolutely. So, Dr. Hazel, we got to take a quick break one second and then we'll get right back into it. All right. All right, guys, listen, this is the class in session podcast. That's right. The class in session podcast. And I need you to do three little things for us. It'll take you in. A, it'll take you a matter of five seconds. You want to know what it is? I need you to like, subscribe and leave a comment. Right. And then here's the last thing share this out with your peers and your colleagues right because we want to add value that's what this podcast is about it's about adding value to the education space and being able to help educators all across the world right y'all know we're an international podcast and so we got our special guest with dr hasso on here the phd do you hear me the lady she a big dog around here in the education space and um, listen, man, this is the Class and Session podcast. And listen, we need you to like, subscribe, and leave a comment, all right? I need you to do that for me. I'm going to say it one more time. I need you to like, 
subscribe, and leave a comment. All right, back to the episode. All right, this is a hot seat question. Uh, we, we typically ask everyone this. Um, you can answer at your own risk. Um, if you don't feel comfortable answering, that's fine too. Um, the choice is yours. Um, is there a number, if there is a number, that you think teachers should make? And this could be up or down that will help with teacher retention and help educators or education the field in general be more appealing to individuals of our society you mean salary yes ma'am i think yes absolutely i mean entering the field you should at least start at 60 to 60,000 70,000 a year i mean we are not just dealing with you know teaching kids we're dealing with you know other things the human the whole child so that's like a lot, you know, we're being asked to be psychologists, in some cases, doctors and like medical, like, you know, they're always asking, what do I do here? You know, if I, you know, whatever it is, nurses, oh yeah, we, we, uh, we need to start, they need to start 70,000 a year. They need to make as much as doctors do. Um, Did I answer? Yes, you answered perfect. I'm only laughing because um, you and Logan, Logan is right there. His probably his answer is probably identical to yours. Um, I'm a little bit lower in the aspect of, oh, I just no. think you need things in place that are um, essentials. You just need essentials in place when starting the field. I think all teachers should have, be able to get a car, um, some kind of car plan. And I think it should be super low interest rates and it should be valuable cars and it shouldn't be just no honda or you know what whatever people can afford that's feasible i think there should be some level playing field vehicles that are tight whether it be an suv um whether it be a, a standard vehicle but i think every teacher should have that once entering and then i also think uh some kind of housing plan that that's needed for every teacher whether you're up north or down south like i think in the south i think it would be nothing for you to get some kind of housing that way if things don't go according to plan you have some kind of asset it doesn't work out you can sell whatever and i think the same should go for if you're up north whether it be some kind of condo something housing something in place to where your lease have some type of security um that's in place now, logan might say a little bit different but Nah, me and Dr. Hesso, she already spoke for me. I'm good. She the spokesperson. I'm good. Listen, we don't, we don't, me and you locked in, Dr. Hesso. I'm on the same page. I just think that with, with what I've learned um, in my past few years of like being able to go across the country and speak in schools and do conferences and build relationships with educators as well as doing uh, professional development with teachers and just some of the 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 stories right the good the bad the ugly some horror stories right um with working with some with some of the schools across our country and just hearing some of the stories that they've that they've been through right some of the situations that they've been in some of the things that they've experienced um and just to hear it right like i know that I was oblivious to it until we really got started uh, with YB Normal working in the education space. Like, you know, I couldn't believe, you know, parents are coming and fighting teachers or students are cussing teachers out or um, teachers having to walk students home and kids having, you know, um, hygiene issues and just different stuff like that, right? Um, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it or fathom it until I actually seen it from, with my own eyes. And so, you know, to see teachers go through all of that, right? Like uh, an example, like the guy that you said, that's, um, that's going to be going to the league, right? Like if, if it wasn't for a teacher, he wouldn't be in the position that he was in. Mm -hmm. 
right? And so I think, you know, we pay doctors six figures. We pay lawyers six figures. We pay engineers six figures. We pay um, chefs, right? They six figures and they get these Michelin stars and all of that type of stuff. But why are we not, why are we not paying teachers six figures, right? They're, the teachers are with the students more than the students are with their parents. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that it's important, right, to be able to, if we're going, like, let's compensate you, not just because you're a teacher, but let's compensate you because of all of the mess that you have to put up with. And I think that that's important. That's why people are getting burnt out. That's why people that have been in the profession 10, 20, 30 years, right? They're getting out of it because they burnt out because they feel like they're not valued. They feel like their voice is not being heard. They feel like they can't build a relationship and connect with the scholars, right? And so I just think that it's important to say, hey, listen, we want to honor you by compensating you X, Y, and Z. Then maybe we'll have a lower percentage of teachers getting out of the field and maybe a bigger impact and maybe education can become and be more innovative in a way to where you're not having these issues of building relationships with the scholars and these teachers are not feeling like they're not valued and they're not heard. 100%. I mean, we, we have lots of, like if teachers have perfect attendance, they can be put into a raffle for prizes and then they could win a car, they could do this, they could get, so and students, same thing. So they have like they have a lot of stuff. We our district is has has changed over the years. They've because they they struggle with getting teachers because we're we're like above the mountains. We're you know we're in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. and so they have a hard time sort of retaining teachers up there. So they do they do sort of up it. They're they're working on that, um, and now you know we're starting to build momentum. But um, but I agree with you. I mean, you know, be making that, you know, they should be rewarded for a lot of stuff that they do. Um, and now they have what's called the golden handshake. So if you retire at a certain point, they they give you cushion, more cushion, financial cushion. Um, and then that helps a lot. Keep them, you know, it helps keep them around for a little bit longer. Um, but but I agree. I love that. Yeah. See me, we locked in. That's I knew it. I knew it. We hey, we locked in. We locked in. I appreciate that. Dante, go ahead, man. Um, I, I really didn't have much else. Um, I, I just want to say uh we, we appreciate you actually even coming on to our podcast. Thank you uh, so thank much you. for having me. Thank you. I appreciate this. I'm grateful. Like we, this is our biggest thing, is like we want to bring people from around the world and let them put their own spin on education because like Logan said, education isn't evolving. And so we, we're going to do our best to help it evolve. And it doesn't, and it starts with you guys, with you educators, um, individuals like you and you telling your unique stories and your strategies and how you are at least moving the needle. Like me and Logan said, at the end of the day, if you impacted one kid, that's a that's one person that could become the president and that's where it starts with us and we all about adding value um so we just very appreciative that you even came on here um if you could just leave our audience with a little motivation a little speech or a little phrase or something that you go by um that'll be helpful uh-huh. hold on hold on before we do that hold on before we do that uh doctor so <laughs> i want you to um can you, I know we talked about the books, right? Um, just real quick before we, before we end, can you talk about why you, why you wrote the books um, and, and, and in the manner that you did, because I heard you talk about, right? Some of the books and like, Hey, this is K through 12. This is specifically for this. Like, why did you write though? What was the, the rhyme and reason behind that on why you wanted to write those books specifically? Because I felt as though, you know, the professional developments that I've been to, you know, there's millions of conferences you can go to, Mm -hmm. but I feel as though, 
you know, you can, you can teach a teacher how to teach adults, right? You can, you can set it up that way, but a lot of these strategies are not for real classrooms, real students. Um, and so I was always curious about that. Like, how can I help, how can I help put teachers in a real setting that is universal, right? Where you're dealing with all these different types of kids and give them real strategies that actually work, that are backed by research. And how do I show them that, you know, you know, in contextually in a book and how can I, how can that benefit them? Um, and so that, you know, that was my biggest motivator. And, and I also teach a lot of English learners and, and diverse kids, you know, kids with different learning needs. And so I was always balancing everything, you know, you know, how do I meet this kid's need? Okay. This is working for him or her, but this is not working for this other student. So how do I balance that? And so a lot of teachers should go through that. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, what I know, what's working for me, I want to share that. I want to bring that to light a little bit. I mean, everyone, you know, teachers have, everyone has a different personality. You know, one, you know, not everything, you know, one size doesn't fit all in education. And I think that's where we, we have a problem. You know, you can't just give one to one or to a whole class, it's not working. So I wanted to, you know, bring light to that. I love that. I love that. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Okay, now we can, we can, we can get up out of here. Um, Dr. Lasso, what could you leave? Like Dante said, could you leave um, our our listeners and our audience with um, piece of motivation, some advice, some encouragement? Right. Um, and then just talk about how people can get in contact with you um, and, you know, also, you know, say one more thing about the books and then we'll uh, we'll close it out and get up out of here. Well, just, you know, uh, show empathy to your students, you know, put yourself in their shoes. Um, uh, keep your passion, keep your fire, be curious, stay curious, you know, um, about, you know, how you can improve your you know, the classroom, your students' learning needs. Um, don't give up on your students. That's the biggest thing. Um, have a thick skin. That's what I was going to mention earlier. You know, you have to have a thick skin for this. Um, you know, what's going on with them is not necessarily about you. It's about other things going on. Um, hang in there, you know, because eventually they, you know, kids will, you know, show, you know, show a bright light. Um, and, and that's, that's about it. Hang in there. Um, and then my books are again, with Roman and Littlefield shout out, they've been there. Great understanding and improving how K-12 multilinguals are taught supporting multilinguals. That was published in 2022. Um, my most recent one, and then research-based bilingual instruction, the impact of multiple, multiple modalities in a K-12 English learner classroom. Uh, the Struggles of Minority English Learners, How Learner Feedback Can Improve English Skills. I put the link, I'll put the link in the in here. I don't know if you want to share that, but, but I'll put it in there. And then in terms of getting in contact, you can contact me at my Hotmail account, Marianne underscore Hasso at Hotmail.com. Um, and uh, I can. Is there anything else? Did I miss anything? No, man. Nope. Didn't miss anything at all. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Dr. Hess. So for having me on. I appreciate this. No, I appreciate you. You did an amazing job. Um, and before we get up out of here, I just want to uh, we want to give you your flowers and say thank you, because I know that it's not easy. Um, however, I do understand and know that it's worth it. And so, um, again, thank you for taking up um a space that's <laughs> it's been hard for quite some time right um but thank you for what you do because it's needed it's valued it's appreciated your voice matters um as well as um you matter because it, it's important i know sometimes throughout your journey i know you've probably had some moments where you like am i really called to this 
Um, but when you see those kids walk across the stage or when you have those scholars that come to you and say, hey, Dr. Hasso, like, listen, I'm the first kid in my in my family to graduate college. Like, it's stuff like that that makes it worth it. And so I just want to say thank you because I know that it's not easy and that we appreciate you here at YB Normal uh, for what you do um, because <laughs> it's not many that's called to this. Um, and so thank you. And we really appreciate that. And so we want to honor you in that. Um, and then just before we get up out of here, listen, guys, this is the class in session podcast. We had the phenomenal, amazing PhD holding Dr. Marianne Hassel um, as our special guest for this episode. And so again, Dr. Hazel, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank very you. Appreciative, thank you so very appreciative. Very appreciative to be on our show. Thank you. And um, listen, guys, this is the Class and Session Podcast. I am your host, Logan Taylor, my partner in crime, my brother, my right hand, Mr. Dante Hampton. And as always, as always in closing, why be normal when you can be extraordinary? Hey, man, we'll see y'all next episode. Love y'all. Peace. Thank you.